Hello, and welcome to Not Great, the podcast where we shit on the canon and canonize shit every once in a while. I'm not good at recording regularly. Uh, I invite a guest on to talk about one thing that the culture seems to think is good that is actually bad, and one thing that the culture thinks is bad that is actually good, and in opposite opposite order. We start with the thing that's actually good and then go on to the thing that is actually bad. And I am here with Andra Whipple. Hi! Um, Andra is a writer. She was on season three of Adam Ruins Everything as a writer. And she does sketch with Second City, among other places. Any other credits you want me to list off the bat? Uh, I just started an Instagram for my dog. Great. That's pretty huge. Yes. At uh, P-U-D underscore B-N with no G underscore good. Put B-N good. Yeah. If you want to see my dog. Let's talk more about your dog. What do you want to know about her? She's the best. Where did you get her? Oh, I got her from, I got her from a place uh, that's so bougie in L.A. A place that uh, flies dogs in from China that were uh, meat dogs. So she was almost a sandwich, and now she's my best friend. And she was going to be eaten at the Yulin Festival, is that correct? She was going to be eaten, and I'm really glad she wasn't, because she's an excellent dog. She's very sweet, and everybody likes her, and she hardly ever barks, and she just wants you to pet her. Pudna is a very good dog. I can attest to this. She's a good office dog. She's a good companion in the work environment. She does very few things wrong, and the things that she does wrong, I think, are like really reasonable. <laughs> like she barks at uh, she barks at dogs that have ball sacks, and uh, and I after you've been fair. like a brood mare, that's fair. Yeah, and also, I also I like to bark at things with ball sacks. Like. I mean, just in today's culture. Yeah, but I bring up Yulin because uh, earlier in the podcast we've talked about Vanderpump Rules and Real House of Beverly Hills at various times, and that is the festival that. Uh, uh, that Lisa Vanderpump thought that she single-handedly ended, but <laughs> still gone. Why did what? Had, what? Look, the the things that Lisa Vanderpump decides to care about, I don't understand. I think you know, it is sad. It's sad, but it's one of many sad things in the world. Like on the list of things, uh, actually, yesterday I walked to the Grove, and there was a PETA protest at the oh. Grove. And I wanted to, like, there were so many, like, really cute, earnest teens there. And I wanted to be like, no, 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 no. This is not the right organization for you to be involved in. Even if you believe in animal rights, like, you can find so much more common ground if you try and do stuff with environmentalist people against factory farming. Like, yeah. there are ways to just be more tactical. There's just there's bigger fish to fry and maybe don't do it with, like, so many women's breasts. And honestly, if you told me that PETA was, like a Russian front, like a really long oh, con sure. disinfo thing, I would believe it. 100% immediately. PETA is trying to distract us from something. From something. What it is, uh, we may never know. We, I mean, it's probably just like wedge, make a wedge issue in the left. Yeah. It's a dumb wedge issue. Life is, life and capitalism are about creating pain. And yes, you should try and minimize the pain that you create, but PETA sucks. <laughs> And I say that as, like, a lifetime vegetarian. I think PETA sucks. And I love my dog, and I'm really glad nobody ate her, and PETA still sucks. I do want to eat your dog, but in, like, a... Oh, for sure. Just nibble on her cute little toesies. For sort sure. Of my boyfriend started biting her today, like, to do that, but she didn't like that at no, all. No, I can imagine it. it's... 
too close. But just too like soon. anything she doesn't like, she just kind of, she wandered a little bit two inches away from him and then <laughs> sat back down. So like that's her Aww. extent of dislike, which I find adorable. Puddin has the vibe to me of like a mom who just retired <laughs> and like, you know, she got an RV or something like she's done. Yes. She's not going to raise a stink about anything because that would be too much effort. The whole thing is that now is mom's time to chill. Yeah. And she just wants to like eat her cow throats in peace. Cow throats? Oh, it's really gross, but she really likes them. It's also hard as a vegetarian to feed my dog uh, meat, but I do because it's insane. People who feed their dogs not meat. I don't I don't trust that. That's mean, right? That's putting it. That's putting your needs in front of the dogs which is like anti-animal yeah so life is complicated and you will cause pain it's a toughie you will i mean as we speak we are we're you know causing something bad to happen sure i'm i'm sure there's like rare earth metals in these microphones mm-hmm. and, and definitely, children mind them yeah and definitely in the phones that people are listening to this on there's hella cobalt in there yeah I That's mean, like my clothes are is. fast fashion for sure. Oh, for sure. So life, you can't be a good person. So stop trying is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like very uh, deftly brings us into the topic that we have, the thing that is actually good, <laughs> which is Riverdale yes. and teen dramas as an institution, oh, a I, cultural I institution. I love teen dramas. I think uh, teen dramas are underrated because, uh, well, they are not always well-written or uh, even well-done. Uh, I've gotten through so many more episodes of them than Mad Men. <laughs> Mad Men, and I'm going to make some men very angry right now, is trash. Oh, you are not the first person to shit on Mad Men on this show at all. You're not the first person <laughs> in this room to shit on Mad Men on this podcast. Like, it comes up a lot. I just, I watched... I think I watched 10 minutes of it and I was supposed to watch a whole hour of it for like a class in college and 10 minutes in, I was like, absolutely no way am I going to continue. When I tried to watch Mad Men, I watched three episodes and I found myself bored by how upset I was and upset by how bored I was. Mm -hmm. It's so slow. I can't, uh, you know, one thing teen dramas have going for them is the incredible pace. Yes. Like so much shit is happening and they drop plot lines left and right. But like, you're always like something's always going on. Keeping Someone it is always dying like at that exact moment. Someone is always having sex with their teacher right then and there. And, <laughs> and they never lose you because of that. Even if they lose every plot point that they had last episode, which especially on Pretty Little Liars, they like really screwed the pooch on that one. I think one of the best things in teen dramas or in like a lot of dramas will be like the uh the the wrapping up montage to a sad song (laughs) where like literally someone is being murdered and someone is having sex with their teacher like simultaneously and like bright eyes is playing yes i've uh i've been watching desperate housewives which is not a teen drama but it is a drama and they every episode ends with not music overlay but like a a monologue and you see all of the people doing like one last shitty thing (laughs) And it's so good. It, it like it's great because if you watch, if you are watching the episode as I do, like half in the room, half out of the room, you always get the ending, and you're like, oh, okay, she got murdered, and he had sex with her. Great. I was hearing, uh, listening to a different podcast that talked about Nicolette Sheridan's death on Desperate Housewives. Which one is Nicolette Sheridan? I'll just, just I don't know. She was blonde, I believe. Oh, Edie. Uh, yes, sure. She 
was running away from her abusive husband and like drove her car and crashed her car and yeah. then hit like a telephone pole and like a wire fell into a puddle and then she stepped in the puddle and was electrocuted and that was the way that she was killed off on the show. I think that's another thing that all all soapy dramas have going for them is like incredible deaths that make no logical sense because here's the thing that's like it's so easy to die as a human. Like you're so incredibly, like you have no exoskeleton whatsoever. <laughs> uh, your organs are like extremely exposed. They're like, like right there. Yeah. We drive like murder vehicles every day. Like there's so many mundane ways to die. Uh, and every day that you don't die is a miracle. <laughs> uh, and, and yet in these dramas, they come up with like the only ways that don't make sense to die. Like, uh, my favorite was on the OC when Marissa Cooper died. Uh, she, they were, it was, uh, Ryan was driving her to the airport and Volchok, Volchek, I can't remember how to say his name, but like the, the bad public school kid. <laughs> was, there is always that contingent of like the kids <laughs> that go to the more underfunded school that happens on Riverdale. There's like a whole plot line. Where, like, basically the kids, the poor kids versus the rich kids. But doesn't it turn out that the rich kids are actually the bad ones when you really think about it? It's, you know, honestly, and uh, I don't think the morality of Riverdale is clear. Great. Uh, like, the they've got these, they've got this, like, compulsory gang that you have to join if you go to the poor school. You have to join the Southside Serpents. But then also, beautiful rich girls who date Southside Serpents get... Uh, like jackets, but only if they do uh, insane things. The worst episode of Riverdale, in my opinion, is this one where, uh, spoiler alert, but also if you're going to watch Riverdale, just go ahead and skip this episode entirely. The main character, Betty, uh, has to like do something to get initiated into the gang. And so the thing that she does is, uh, is sing that song, uh, Mad World, that like really depressing, weird song. Yeah. She sings that song while doing a striptease in front of her mom and her boyfriend's dad and like a bunch of old men. And that's how she gets into the gang. I almost stopped watching because I was like, this is not the kind of objectification I came here for. Yeah. I came here for other kinds of trash. (laughs) (laughs) This is just straight up trash. I wanted like trash light. I wanted like, and then they got back to it. You know, they got a lot of like, uh, like one of the characters this season had like, uh, a red cape and an archer's bow and that's how she attacked people that we, was great we should be on board with that um i want to go back to the crazy death on the oc so oh, yeah. volchok oh, uh like rammed both of them off of the ryan and marissa off of the road and ryan was not wearing a seatbelt, and marissa was mm-hmm. and the car hit on ryan's side and not marissa's and ryan was flung from the car and marissa wasn't and marissa was the one that died why well, because she didn't want to be on the show anymore. But <laughs> why didn't they switch the seatbelts then? Why? I, and the thing that I think is the most galling about it is that in the show, like in the plot of it, she was leaving. She was leaving town to go like sail on her dad's yacht. There was no need so they to could kill have given her, her off. A happy ending, and instead they chose to punish the actress. Yes, correct, because they did not like her. Wow. Yeah, truly wild. It did make uh, it did turn Ryan into a cage fighter for a little bit. Like he had to like box bare knuckle box through his pain, and I think that's fun. 
It is really important to murder as many women as possible in service of male characters. As long as it like really develops the male lead, that's I what think I need. That it's fine. I was watching. I watched Back to the Future last night for the first time, and it was fine. And I can see why people like it, but also it is like the most egregious example of female character that was clearly written by a man who has never thought of a woman as a person. Isn't she like weird? I've never have I seen the first back. I've never seen the first Back to the Future. I've only seen two and three. Oh I'm God. doing something very wrong. Are you watching them backwards? Yes, I think I saw Back to the Future three first because it was just on TV, and then I saw two uh, because it was playing at a sushi restaurant. <laughs> and I've seen parts of one. I've seen like the se- I've, I've just seen the dance scene for some reason not just because it's like interspersed in two but i feel like i've actually watched the dance scene but i've never seen no i've seen the very beginning and i've seen the very end of back to the future one and that's it none in the middle isn't she like a danger freak like she's really into people getting like hit by cars or like fights and stuff that might be what she turns into but that's not what she's like in the first movie at all okay in the first well really all she the only purpose she serves in the first movie is to like almost get raped uh, she, and it's supposed to be like, it's weird. They have no concept of like the way humans um, react to that kind of assault. Uh, because, uh, she starts out as like just this pretty girl that a lot of guys like, and then she tries to hook up with her son. And then long story short, her son's trying to get his, her back with his dad. Uh, and so the way that he cooks it up is that he's going to sexually assault his mom. And then his dad is going to pull him out of the car and punch him in the face but then he can't go through with sexually assaulting his mom because another guy... What a pussy. I know. Because another... Well, first of all, his mom didn't really like kissing him. And then another guy, the like villain, pulls, her, pulls him out of the car and like takes him in the back to get beaten up and then sends his boys away so that he can rape the mom. And he's like in the middle of raping her when the dad comes up uh, and pulls the bad guy out and punches him in the face. And then she's fine and she goes to the dance and they fall in love and they just finish the dance. Yeah, and nobody is concerned about her psychological well-being and she has no I feelings mean, except joy that a nice man exists. And that was clear just from jump that nobody cares about her psychological well-being. Yeah. Because his like I understand if if your existence is contingent on uh, your mom fucking your dad and you're in the past and stuff. It makes sense you don't necessarily care whether or not they're in love in love yeah or that you engineered their romance or whatever if if it ensures your continued existence but it's still like how can we trick my mom <laughs> how can we make a like a like such a traumatic experience that she essentially has a stockholm syndrome feeling about my dad yeah how can we hurt my mom to trick her into loving my dad Oof. it's it's bleak and then at the end of the movie the bad guy who almost raped his mom is like uh, a bumbling idiot. He's like their servant or something. Yeah, and he's just like yeah, around how does he their get, house. How does he? Yeah, he does become like dumber. He got punched one time. Does he have like CTE or something? How, did he, honestly, like, that was a hard punch. So I did he lose consciousness and like have oxygen deprived to his brain? That would be a much better storyline. But I think it's literally just that that punch was so masculine that like his <laughs> dick receded into his body four inches and then now he's a servant. And as we know, the dick is the center of intelligence. So yeah. that's why I want one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have several. I collect them and I keep Great. them in my car. I mean, you never know when you're going to need one. Yeah. I've, sometimes I just throw them out the window at strangers. Sure. Just to be like, hey, I'm more powerful than you. I've got <laughs> more dicks. 
I've got dicks. all the dicks. I've, I've got dicks to burn, baby. You don't even know. Yeah. But we were talking about Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> I agree, though, that I think that's the the funny thing about these long running twisty soap opera e teen shows is is the way that the moral universe gets muddied. And um, and it's just like, who's being nice to me in this moment? Like allegiances yeah. are so wild. Like, uh, <laughs> like Vampire Diaries, the way that Damon eventually was like, he was like originally like the bad brother vampire. He like, you know, he murdered so many people and tried to kill the main character's brother. He was wearing a magic ring that like undid it. So it was, he got like a mulligan on that one. Um, you know, kind of like kind of raped one of the other lead characters. Like she was already crushing on him. And then she like, he like thralled her oh. uh, so that, so that they could continue their relationship. Well, they did that on Buffy with Spike. And I felt like I actually liked Spike by the end of it, but it was like, this is a lesson for people who write teen dramas. Like be really, really careful who you let rape somebody. Yes. Yes. Because I don't think that it's, not as easy to come back from mm-hmm. being a rapist as the TV shows and also the Real justice life. system would have <laughs> you believe. Like, they're not still trusted. Yeah, well, I think it's because, and this sucks, but in the TV show, you actually see the rape, and so you believe it. Yeah. Ugh. That's, That's so bleak. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I think that Buffy did it right once where there was one guy who who assaulted his girlfriend and then was immediately killed like two episodes later and never got a redemption arc. And that's good. And then they did spike, which you know, he did, he did not have a soul at the time. That's fair. And then he realized it and went to go get one as a result, which helps, I guess. Yeah. It's like a motivating factor. There's some complications on this whole soul thing. It's like, really, what is a soul? What is morality? You know what? I could have probed that question better. They did a bad job kind of, explaining what a soul is because at sometimes it was like if you're a vampire and you lose your soul your personality is nothing like you were when you were alive and sometimes it's very similar yeah like harmony is about the same well and it's also uh there's a lot of questions that i have about like there are plenty of human beings presumably with souls that do very fucked up shit all the time and on the show yes so what does a soul really give you that all of a sudden all the vampires who have souls are like nice guys I mean, it's really so that you don't feel weird about a character who's just murdering things every episode. Yeah. If we're just like, these ones don't have souls so they can be murdered. Like, it's just a classification system so that you don't feel weird about Buffy killing all those people. That's true. But I think it would have been a, maybe a more robust show if we had really delved into uh, what does a soul really do you for? Do you really need a soul to be a good person? I mean, that was kind of dollhouse and that didn't work. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Riverdale is great because it is so sexy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a key for teen dramas in general is like, it's sort of like a bizarrely escapist. I like in Pretty Little Liars, they, uh, like tromp around the woods in heels. Yeah. I love it when the female characters are dressed so inappropriately for danger and then they like experience danger. (laughs) Veronica wears pantyhose, and I feel like that can't be stressed enough. On Riverdale, Veronica wears, like, pantyhose to high school. It, that is crazy. Although I do think, and relatively speaking, 
if you're running away from danger, pantyhose might be preferable because they would protect you from chafing. That's true. Yeah, to, preferable to high heels for sure. Well, pantyhose would be preferable to bare legs, I think. I don't know if I would agree with that because when I when I'm running in tights, like I never wear tights anymore because like the hiking up, just the yes. constant trying, because like it just slides down eventually. It's no good. You have to get the ones that go fully under your tit. That's the difference. Mm. Those, if they go like on, like all the way up to your bra, they stay on better. But I agree. It's but still, your legs rubbing together. I could hold up my pantyhose while I was running. I think maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's like a sprinting versus long, like marathon. Depends for how long you have to be running from the thing chasing you. That's true. And, you know, honestly, Veronica doesn't have to run from very many things. She gets saved in like dramatic fashions by men while she's sitting a lot. So what is, do you prefer a supernatural teen drama or a natural (laughs) teen drama? Uh, I mean, even the natural ones, I don't think like they they are supernatural in a sense, I think. Like, they deal with so much magical... They're super outlandish, that's yeah. for sure. So I don't think that there's that much of a distinction. Like, there is the fact that they maybe eat blood or, like, whatever. But all in all, like, uh, you know, they're still living in a world that is not our own. <laughs> they're still living in a world where teens wear high heels to school, which is not true. I wore high heels to school as a teen. Really? I mean, they were platforms. Did other teens? Yeah. Sometimes. Like wedges. I, well, I don't feel like I ever. Well, first of all, I just never was. I was definitely uh, was not bad looking for a teen, but I was not as hot as Troy and Belisario, who can be. <laughs> uh, and I think most teens like are not wearing like extremely polished outfits that like look really good together. Maybe that's the thing. That's true. I think that uh, I wore heels. They were like wedges as a teen, and wore or like high heeled boots. But it wasn't like a full ensemble. Yeah. And you were probably pairing them with what you would now see as like the wrong like pant and top combo. So I had I'm remembering a very specific outfit that I thought was bomb at the time that in retrospect, like what is happening here? What are you doing? And it was uh, a cork wedge espadrilles from American Eagle and a like violet bejeweled t-shirt also from American Eagle paired (laughs) with Hot Topic uh, black and white checker bondage like capris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, see, you do not look the same as the girls on on any teen drama. I mean, it was, it could have been, it wasn't something that Willow would have worn on Buffy, but it was like more in that area of like, what's happening here? But I would say on modern teen dramas, like, they definitely know how to mix patterns in a way that like nobody teaches teens these days. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, and it's really, I'm still not clear on it, frankly. I love mixing patterns. I, I describe a lot of my style choices as pranks (laughs) and then people get confused as to what I mean. How can one dress as a prank? But, uh, dear reader, I'll put it to you. Uh, I had, bright yellow hair because I wanted to look kind of like a comic book like a Roy Lichtenstein thing and then like two long like hot pink nails that I took from Busy Phillips Instagram stories and then just like trash clothes <laughs> like like a 80s surfer schlubby like ripped jeans and like Hawaiian shirts sort of 80s party dude look <laughs> so if that's not I don't know who that's a joke on. Is it me? Is it anyone who has to look at me? Who 
who is the victim of my prank? I think what you're saying with that outfit is like, uh, I don't give a shit how you feel about this outfit and I hope that it brings you joy, but if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think what I'm saying is I came here to party. Like, yeah. If you have a beer for me to shotgun, <laughs> I'll do it. I don't yeah. care that we're in Glossier. I'll fuck it up. Exactly. And I think that's that's a great message for us. <laughs> I love all outfits that scream, hello, I am here to chill and drink. Um, you've been posting a lot of uh, outfits to your Instagram stories recently. Not yes. like not outfits of the day, but like out, it's like retrospective of your favorite looks. Yeah. Well, I've been trying to. I think something that happens when you're fat and you're like, oh, I'm fat, uh, <laughs> by the way. When you're fat and you're, like, learning how to dress yourself, it happens later in life, I think, first of all, than it does for thin people. And also, I think, like, it's uh, it's a real journey because it's, like, very difficult to find the clothes and it takes a lot of, like, nobody is giving you examples of, like, what looks good on you. The messaging is very off also, like, from yeah. what, like, the thin media is like, have you tried a bag? Yes, and I have tried a bag several times and I have had mixed success on the bag front but like yeah you don't see like even like I go on Pinterest to like look at outfits and you don't see fat women in anything besides like variants on a bag uh and so aside from like Instagram which has some really good content yeah fat ladies dressed as cool things you really have to like learn what things look like on your body by yourself uh and so I started sharing a lot of outfit photos on Instagram both to like add to the collective number of photos of fat women in outfits Mm -hmm. of all types and also to remember like I think sometimes I just assume that I like look bad all the time and like dress badly so like to remind myself that I actually like do look cool sometimes yeah I think it's important to to get that PR out there yeah and I want people to know like when they look at me they think like wow what a cool banging chick and I feel like this really, again, seamlessly brings us into <laughs> our other topic, uh, the thing that is actually bad, which is running. Ooh, it is not good. I mean, I guess some people like it, but I don't understand those people. So what is your particular beef with running specifically as a sport? I think running is marketed as like the thing that anyone can do. Ugh. And I don't think that's like an accurate portrayal of it. First of all, maybe because I live in Los Angeles where it's 95 degrees every minute of every day. (laughs) Uh, Running is like an extremely impractical thing to do. Like everyone's like, oh, you can just start running. Uh, You cannot. It is. You're going to die. It's too hot. The sidewalks are uneven. You will get murdered. Mm -hmm. It's not it is not accessible, like not just from like a disability standpoint, but from like a. Like, yeah, that is the thing that people say it's like accessible because you don't need like a gym. You just need ground and shoe. Or some people think you don't need shoes that you should barefoot run everywhere. Even when you barefoot run and you need shoes because you're going to run into a nail. So then you need to get barefoot shoes everywhere. And those are a hundred dollars at least. So you really do. And you need to like to really start running to not hurt your body. You need to go to like a running store and have your feet like examined by a judgmental man. (laughs) And I don't want to do that ever. Uh, so, I mean, there are so many more, uh, I think, low, uh, low bar of entry things to do with your body than running. I think running has a much higher bar of entry than we give it credit for. Number one. Uh, number two, it is excruciatingly boring and not fun to do in any way. 
Uh, there is nothing interesting about it whatsoever. Uh, there's, it's just, it's just so fucking mundane. That, that's the thing that people say is supposed to be good about it is like you get into like your meditative zone. It's like transcendental, which I also think is stupid. I, <laughs> I do think meditation is stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's very helpful, but I think it can fuck right off. I mean, I think that it's overrated. Like, I don't, I think it can help and it has helped me even, but running and meditation and all of these things are given to us as like, this is the solution for the woes of your life. And if only you start doing blank, if only you start running, you're going to be less depressed. You're going to be less fat. You're going to be less this. You're going to be less that. And in reality, you are going to be sweatier. Your knees are going to be all fucked up. Yeah. And you're going to be maybe in better physical shape. Maybe not. Here's the thing, though. They've done studies like the benefits of running versus the benefits of walking are mild at best. Yeah. And you can walk with your dog. Which is great. Some people run with their dogs if they have like a real sporty, sporty model. Yeah, that's true. But I also just like, so it's, it's, and it's so uncomfortable to do. And I think this might be specific to my body, but I'm just going to put it out there that like, I have a very floppy body. It's always like flopping at me. Uh, So, you know, you got the tits in the face. You got like the belly flopping into itself kind of thing. And then also, uh, I think most human beings' legs touch. Yeah. And that is excruciating to have your legs rub against each other over and over again. And your arms rub against your upper part. Yeah. I don't want... You, no, no, thing, no exercise should cause as much chafing. <laughs> the idea that you have to like, take care of your nipples if you're like a long-term runner is insane. I love the people who are so into running that they're like proud of shitting themselves though. That's kind of fun. I mean, if it it works for you, then I say go for it. But I don't think, uh, I don't think it should be treated as like a thing that would work for most people. And if it's not working for you, it's because there's something abnormal about you. I think, running and many other cure-alls are things that it it is abnormal if it does work for you yeah it's not the answer yeah I for one because I wore high heels like at a very young age like even before high school I wore heels uh as an elementary schooler uh, and (laughs) partially because of that I have uh tendonitis in both of my ankles I have Achilles tendonitis so I take three steps running and I roll my ankle and will sprain it I'm also very clumsy, so I will run into something. I mm-hmm. will sprain my ankle. I will. My ankle does this weird thing where it clicks every time I walk in certain shoes. I don't know what that's about. Hmm. Uh, but it's just painful. Here's something else. Running is bad because Tom Cruise looks good doing it, and it has mm. furthered his career. So every time you run, you're, you're really condoning Scientology oh. when you think about it. I also think running, for some reason, when I have been out running, uh, are the are the most likely times when a strange man will decide that it's a good time to talk to me. And I think that that's unacceptably disgusting. Uh, And they always like, (laughs) no, like, okay. People, when they run in TV, look amazing. And when I run, I look insane. Uh, (laughs) I'm extremely wet and I'm not wearing clothes that match. And uh, I'm, Oh, I have terrible allergies, so I'm also continually spitting. Uh, And I usually have snot rolling down my nose, too. So I'm spitting, and I'm wiping my nose in my shirt. I'm spitting, and I'm wiping my nose in my shirt. And I'm spitting, wiping, spitting, wiping, spitting, wiping. That's what I'm doing the whole time if I'm running. 
And one time I was doing that, I was literally, I had just blown my nose, not wiped, blown my full nose into my shirt. Oh. <laughs> and a man, a man pulled over his car and screamed something at me. I don't know what it was. And then drove away. And I was like, how dare you come into this intimate moment with myself? This is a personal time, and you should have known that by the fact that I had pulled up my shirt and buried my face in it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I think I get yelled at a normal amount walking. Like, I walk a lot, mm-hmm. and I, so I get yelled at, I don't know, less than some people. But I also think that I always have headphones on, so it's possible there are more people yelling at me mm-hmm. that I just tune out. I have no idea. I'm extremely afraid of, extremely is not true. I am uh, very cognizant of the world around me. And so if I'm walking and I have headphones in, it will be on a very low setting so that I can hear what's going on around me because I'm easily startled. And even if I'm at my own house and like my, my boyfriend walks up behind me and I know he's in the house and I know it's him behind me, I'll turn around and scream. (laughs) So I, I cannot fool with like, strangers walking up behind me i need to like be sure that i'm like i need to know what's happening it's like constant vigilance yeah so i usually and i still think like one time i was walking down the street with headphones on and a man pulled over to ask me directions and i gave them to him because that's the other thing is you don't know when a man pulls over to talk to you if he has like an ulterior motive or not so i gave him the directions and then he said by the way you're very beautiful uh can i ask you out on a date and i said uh nope and then i just walked away (laughs) Because I was very thrown by this uh, sudden change. And also, I was so wet. Like, my face was so sweaty. And I was, like, I was wearing a backpack because uh, I was walking to work. And so I, and I don't have, like, a very old-looking face. Like, I think I look younger than I am sometimes. Yeah. Especially because, like, I don't think I was wearing makeup. <laughs> I had my hair in a ponytail. I was wearing a backpack. I was, like, how old do I look to you, 40-year-old man? Like, who do you think you're asking out right now? that's upsetting yeah i get a lot i get stopped in the street a lot by everybody to tell me that my backpack is open because the front zipper pouch doesn't zip Mm. and i know it doesn't zip and so i'll go i know and people will get mad at me oh because they're like hey hey your backpack's open like yes thank you i know and they go no fix it like it doesn't work (laughs) like get a new backpack i'm like later it's fine yeah i would feel if someone was taking something like it's my metro card and some pens like if something is important it goes in the zipper part i know what i'm doing yeah i think the best way to walk around in public is with a dog because there's like a huge buffer Mm -hmm. like even people who do have ulterior motives with you have to talk about the dog first (laughs) and so you can get away from them before uh, before they start talking about anything else. Like, even when a man wants to ask me out and I'm walking my dog, uh, he asks me two or three questions about my dog, and then, oh, my dog has to go shit over there. Bye. <laughs> like, they don't have to, nobody has time. They have, to, and also people have so many questions about dogs that, like, you have a five minute conversation with every single person you run into on the street when you have a dog. My dog has to shit is like an amazing way to get out of a conversation because it's a biological imperative Mm -hmm. that nobody in their right mind would try and get in the way of, but it's not you. So you don't have to be like, I have to take a giant shit. I'm a gross person who has a body. (laughs) You're just like, it's my dog. My dog has to shit. I have never shit in my entire life, but my dog has to shit right now. (laughs) Honestly, I would love to use I have to shit to get out of a conversation with a stranger. 
Oh, I have IBS, so wow. that's like a legitimate thing that I <laughs> have to think of other things for I it have, to be. Uh, uh, some macrame to do in the bathroom, so if you could excuse me. I just, I'm, you know, I have to go order a soy riso burrito right now. That was hard at work, like with my dog being there. She's really great, but she does like to follow me everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I would suddenly have to shit and be like, all right, I got to get out of here to go poop. But also, I have to figure out how to get my dog to not follow me. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. You would just close the door. I think that you were more concerned that she would feel betrayed. Yes, I did. I was afraid of that. And then also that she would like that she would slip out and I would be shitting for too long. I mean, well, Catherine was right there. Yeah. And she was doing a great job. But just like, what if? Because, yeah, occasionally Puddin would like slip out and... She was it really always fine, worked out I, in I'm the really end. I'm really good at finding ways to be afraid of things. Catastrophizing. Yeah, I'm really good at thinking about the worst thing that could happen. Um, so one thing that we kind of touched on at the beginning of this uh, anti-running screed was the way that um, running is, is considered like a easy solution to certain problems, mm-hmm. like being depressed or being fat, and that both of these are like two of the worst things you can be yes. as a person. <laughs> I um, I think one thing that really made me hate running a lot, well, running has been suggested to me multiple times in my life as like a good answer to both of those things. Uh, and it is just the rudest suggestion <laughs> because it's, it sucks. And also because like there are so many better ways to deal with your problems and there are even better forms of exercise, I think, for people who have uh, anxiety uh, than that. And I've had like, you know, I had one girl, I was talking, I posted an Instagram post about like my history with disordered exercising and her response was like, well, actually running is very good for you. And I was like, actually, I'm going to pull your guts out. <laughs> and, uh, and this thing, it's not, it's really like, it's bad for your feet. You're not supposed to run that much. It's bad for your yeah. knees. It's bad for your hips. It's like not a good form of exercise. It's actually kind of dilatorious to your overall health. And it's also just like very presumptuous to think that you know what will help another person's body. And and also like anxiety and depression are really complicated and it can feel really, really uh, depressing to have people tell you <laughs> like if only you were running more or if only you were exercising more, like you would feel better. And then you do it and you feel just as bad if not worse because also your face is streaming snot and a man is pulling over and screaming at you for no reason (laughs) and you're very wet and you had to wake up super early and like you have way too much laundry to do because you are going through so many outfits every day because you have to run yeah and i think it's also like the the sort of tacit thing is like if you are fat and sad Skinny people assume you are sad because you are fat. So if you exercise, you'll be neither and and it'll all be better. I've exercised plenty in my life and I've not ever achieved unfatness from it. Yeah, I right now I'm probably exercising more than I ever have. And I think I also probably weigh more than I ever have. Yeah, it's a it's a misnomer that it achieves anything. (laughs) Overall health does like exercise is good for your health. Yeah, I'm just trying to like live forever is my thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to walk my dog. And like also I think, you know, doing yoga feels pretty good. But aside from that. Also, I do like going to, uh, you know, those bouncy places for children. Mm-hmm. Love going to those. That's a great <laughs> form of exercise. Would recommend. Last time I went to one of those bouncy things, uh, it was just full of 
an Orthodox Jewish family. Okay. Uh, and me. <laughs> it was like a Tuesday, and it was just me and this Orthodox Jewish family, and we were having a really good time. Um, I want to go back to yoga because I'm kind of on the fence about yoga at the moment. I think because I was so into like 90s yoga, mm. like YMCA yoga, and now it's all like gotten so much more serious and specialized and like hot or I like with weird like breathing. Hot. <laughs> hot is the worst. Why would anyone want to be warmer than they are right now? I, I don't know. Oh. I don't uh, like... I've been in hot tubs. I've been in saunas. The, 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 the amount that saunas and like sweat lodges and stuff are still like a going concern in Los Angeles is insane it's to me. It's so hot here. It's very hot here. And also haven't we debunked that you like sweating does nothing for toxins yes. or whatever. It just feels like it's doing something, I guess. I don't, I, it is a really, it is the most worthless. I do like an ice room at like a, oh, a spa. Okay. There's some spas that have like a very cold room. And if you go from the very cold room to the very hot room, there's, I would say some good things about it. And like a hot tub on a cold day is nice. Uh, what was I talking about? I think we're saying that it's bad to be hot. Yes. It's bad to be, oh, yoga. Um, yes. So I, I think hot yoga is, is maniacal. I would not recommend, although I haven't tried it. So. <laughs> but I just hate, I hate being warm so much. I can't stomach the idea of trying it. And I think that definitely sometimes yoga people are like too weird and take it too far. And even I've had several yoga instructors that I'm like, oh, I'm never going back to your class because that was so disconcertingly bullshit. Like, what you're <laughs> talking about. like one time I was like, everybody's body is constructed slightly differently. And so like, that's something that makes yoga like unique to each person is you really have to like figure out the way that a particular pose looks like in your body. Um, and I had one teacher tell me, like she modified, like there was one way the pose that made, that caused me pain and one way that didn't. And she said that the one that did cause me pain was better because it didn't close off my energies. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, this is a bad, that's a really bad reason to cause someone to like hurt themselves. Uh, so many yoga people are bullshit, but uh, in terms of low barrier to entry ways to use your body, yoga is actually great in my opinion because there's so much free yoga stuff on YouTube. Mm. Uh, there's so much, like yoga is extremely accessible. You can do it like, like we often hear about like the yoga that's like uh, basically like cardio yoga. Yeah. But there's also yoga that's literally just like, all right, bend over now and then roll up. See, that was the thing. Now it's either like a nap mm -hmm. or like a punishment and yes. back in the day back in the 90s when you would just get out of your hyper colored t-shirt and put on some socks yoga was just stretching it was yes. in the middle there is no middle road of yoga anymore where it's just like doing you know going in the mountain sun salutation all that shit and like but it's not so low impact that it's basically a nap and it's not so high impact that you're like sweating your whole body out and like punishing yourself for something you did long ago. I think what you have to do, and this is easier said than done, but like what has made yoga more enjoyable for me, it's like learning enough about it that I can say, okay, even though this teacher is attempting to punish me right now, <laughs> I am going to withstand the punishment and I'm going to stop when I feel tired. I'm going to do modify things and I'm going to feel confident that I'm allowed to do whatever I want because I paid money for this class. And if I want to sit in child's pose for the whole class, that's my prerogative. The peer pressure element of group exercise classes is 
wild. It's so upsetting. And and I also think like that's what's nice about being able to do yoga in your own house because there is not really well, I have a window that like directly goes outside and I have neighbors walk past my window several times a day. So uh I mean they can see me. One time in my old apartment, a neighbor walked by. I was doing yoga with the window open, but like the screen was still on, and she talked to me through the screen, and I was horrified. What? What did? What'd she say? Well, I thought that it was maybe that she was having some sort of new mommy meltdown because she was holding her baby, and she looked in while I was doing yoga. So I was like not in a good place to talk either. I was like half like pretzel. Okay. And uh, and she said to her baby oh, look, it's your auntie. And we were not, like, we said hello. Right. Actually, but we were not close, and it was so fucking weird. Uh, so anyway, but if you can draw the blinds, it's a private experience in your own house. Uh, and then you're just doing it like, you know, you don't have to, and you still have to contend with the voice in your head that says you should be punished right now, and I wish to flog you. But <laughs> if you can turn that off, or if you can be like, all right, I hear you, but I do not wish to be flogged presently, so please shut the fuck up. Uh, you can just have your own experience. And if you just, like, fold over a bunch, that's that's still good for you. Like, it's still fun. Yeah, it's really fun. The twists, those yeah. are always really good. It can feel, like, if you're doing, if you're doing the kind of yoga that feels good to you, it feels so good. It's like giving yourself a massage. Yeah, that's true. Andre, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Whipsicle, W-H-I-P-S-I-C-A-L. Uh, you can, I guess you can find me on my website, uh, AndraWhipple.com. Uh, and you can find my dog on my dog's Instagram <laughs> at Pud underscore Bean underscore Good. Uh, and you can find me at Bethy Squires on Instagram, at BethyBSQU on Twitter, and I still have no social media presence for this show, but I am putting up a bunch of buttons right now on my Depop. So that's Party Witch Press on Depop. So if you want a Gucci Mane button, I got you.